thank you for joining us at Luminous Church. And this morning, we hope that you see Jesus clearly. That is good news. Hashtag good news. How fun is that? How many of you want your student loan debt forgiven? Amen, Jesus. Please, please do that. So we are, we are making our petition made known to the president right now. So hallelujah, man. Um, man, we, we are in this series called Hashtag Good News. Good news. And how many of you know that there is a lot of bad news in the world? Every time you turn on the TV, every time you read a magazine article, every time you do something like that, you're seeing bad news, gossip magazines, et cetera, et cetera. When you, when you see somebody, it's almost the first thing out of their mouth is not what's good in their life, but what's bad, what's bad in their life. And so we have found this to be so true. And so we, we decided, man, you know what? It would just be good to talk about some good news. Family vacation, riding a roller coaster. How many of you like roller coasters in here? Some of us do, some of us do not. Um, usually that depends. The older we get, the less we like them. I'm finding that to be very true. My back hurts now and it's just not fun, as much fun as it used to be, but I love family vacation. Family vacation is so fun. I love that corporations now want you to submit your vacation time at the beginning of the year. Now, now we think that's so brutal and so mean, but I also think it's wisdom because they realize something that you and I don't realize. They realize when it's December 24th and you haven't taken one day off of work, you're trying to take 14 days and seven, which is impossible. And so I love that corporations, as mean and big as they are, they, they still maybe, maybe have the best interest in mind for you, the employee. I'm not sure. Maybe they do. But man, as, as you plan this vacation, you're just so excited about it. You're looking forward to it. 24, 24 weeks. Most vacationers take vacation in July. I'm really excited about our attendance in July because, because that's when all of you will be gone having fun on the beach. And I will be preaching in my swimsuit, and it's going to be incredible. And it is a Speedo for your information. Okay, it's more than you need to know this morning. Man, we, we're all excited for, for, for uh, vacation. We're excited for this time. We anticipate it. And it's good news. The night before any vacation, usually anybody, people can't sleep, right? They're staying up packing, and, and they're so excited about it. And then they're exhausted and cranky the next day. It's, it's brutal. But... Man, we're excited for that. Unfortunately, in Christianity and what we call faith in Jesus and what we call our, our religion of this faith in Jesus, it's not always been associated with good news. In fact, most, most often it's associated with bad news, bad news of what we've done in the past, bad news as Christian sects have abused um, abused different things, bad news. But I want to tell you this morning and throughout this series that that's not accurate information, that there is good news for you, and that's why Jesus came to the earth. 700 B.C., the prophet Isaiah begins to write. And if you have your Bibles or your church app, then you can turn there in your notes if you're in your Bibles, you can turn to Isaiah chapter 61. Isaiah chapter 61. 
And there's going to be a repeating theme throughout this morning. And I'm excited about this morning because we have some incredible baptisms right after service. And so I will, for, for um, the sake of brevity, I will go as quickly as possible so that we can get to those baptisms and celebrate with you who came to be baptized this morning. I'm excited about that. And at the same time, I wrestle with, I have a lot of information. I have a lot of things I just want to tell you. And a lot of it's repetition. And we're going to find ourselves this morning repeating a lot of things, but it's, we're going to do so because it's that important. In Isaiah 61, 1 through 4, we find that the prophet Isaiah writes a scripture. He says, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to those who are bound. Bring good news to the poor. Bind up the brokenhearted. Proclaim liberty for the captives. Bring purpose and destiny. And 700 BC, that was a long time before a man made a claim that that scripture was about him. Can you imagine waiting 700 years for something? Some of you are having a hard time waiting 24 weeks for vacation, aren't you? Some of you are having a hard time waiting for different things. I'm thankful that we live in 2000 AD, and I'm thankful that we don't have to be in this position. But this was powerful, and people were longing for it. Think about anticipation for 700 years. That's a lot of anticipation. That's a lot of waiting. Wondering, is it really going to happen? Will this be fulfilled? Will the one who says the Messiah, will he come? I mean, you know your birthday's coming every year. And you're like, is it going to get here? I mean, that's crazy. Yes, it's going to get here. Just wait. We find the fulfillment of prophecy in Luke chapter 4, verse 16 through 21. It's right after Jesus came out of the desert, right after he was tempted by the devil in every way, just as you and I are tempted and yet did not sin, came out of that with new authority, new power, a new mission. And as he came out of that in Luke 4, 16 through 21, and he came to Nazareth, which was his hometown where he had been brought up. And as was his custom, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day. And he stood up to read. And the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written. I love this fact about Jesus. He knows his Bible. He knows his Bible. It's amazing that he could pick up a scroll and he knows exactly where this scripture is. Maybe we should take some pointers. Maybe we should know where some scriptures are. I think some of us are still trying to find Isaiah in the back. And that's okay. It's okay. I appreciate you giving your best effort, and it's going to happen. But Jesus knew his scriptures. He was well-read. He was well-studied. He was all these things. And in verse 18, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news. Everybody say good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And he rolled up the scroll and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. Mic drop. 
And the eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. Every eye was fixed on him. It's really one of the visions at Luminous Church that we would see Jesus clearly. That we would fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. And when a scroll was read like it's never been read before, it captivates an audience. It, it demands your attention. And I can only imagine how he read this. The entirety of this prophecy, the fulfillment of this prophecy was embodied in this man who was totally God right there before them, speaking with all authority. And this scripture was about him. How many of you love, love when your parents tell stories about you? You know, it's like, hey, mom, tell me how I was, how um, I was when I was two years old. I remember every elementary kid, every junior high kid, every high school kid, and today, this day, I still don't get tired about hearing about myself. Yeah, it's true. I go, Mom, yeah, and every time she said, yeah, you were like that. And now we have, they have a grandbaby, and, and, and Benson, my son, they get to watch him grow and all that, and they, they say, yeah, you were just like that. And he's more like his mama, which is a good thing. And so... I love it, but here Jesus is reading these scriptures about himself. That has to be an exciting moment for him. He is and was the anointed one mentioned centuries prior. And Jesus came to proclaim liberty for the captives. Jesus came to recover the sight to the blind. Jesus came and brought liberty for the oppressed. Good news. Good news. What is good news? It's this. God had come through Jesus. Salvation and forgiveness of sins was available for all. Everybody say all. Who would believe in Jesus, the Son of God, and repent of sin. All. All. I love this because you're not excluded this morning. It's why we can say with, with great character and great integrity that when we stand up here and say, you belong here today, you belong. You belong because I belong. And because I belong, it's just so powerful. And so Jesus says, all, all, to the poor, to the poor. I came to preach good news to the poor. It's a mystery why he says to the poor and not to the rich. To the, preach good news to the poor. Poor what? Spiritually poor and poor financially. Poor spiritually, it says, we all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So in essence, we're all spiritually poor. We're all without, we're all without this hope. Spiritually poor is, is when you hear the words meaningless. Life is just meaningless. It's hopelessness. There's nothing about it. I've come to the end of my rope. And for those who are spiritually poor and financially poor, sometimes their rope is shorter than somebody who has more means. Right? Because if you have more means, you just you throw out some more money and then your rope is increased. And it's harder to get to the end of the rope. 
But when you're financially poor, as you know, as a, friends I've come across with in third world countries who, who, who are financially poor and wondering where their meal is coming from the next day, their rope is real short. And so the end is a lot sooner. And there the good news penetrates a lot deeper. And that's what I love about Jesus because he recognizes that. And here in the United States, not to be a bearer of bad news, because if you are wealthy, congratulations. I hope it's amazing, and it should be, and I want you to prosper in all ways. But I'm hoping that you're fixed for materialism and the fix to comfort every bit of hopelessness, of buying something new and something greater. I hope that comes to an end so that the good news could be preached to you as well. And you have this revelation that the rope is short. And then blessing comes. And then increase comes. And then you steward things right. And then you see what it's about. And then you see so much hope. It's incredible how this works. It's easier for a poor man to come into the kingdom of God. It's hard for a rich man. So hard coming through an eye of a needle. It is really hard. It's why the rich young ruler walked away so sad because he had many things. So for you who, who are financially stable and you are receiving the blessing of the Lord, I hope that it's rich and it's amazing. But I hope in your spirit that the rope is short so that the good news would be proclaimed to you and accepted in all ways. He came to do this. James 2.5 says, listen, my beloved brothers, has not God chosen those who are poor in the world to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom, which he has promised to those who love him? Liberty to the captives. This is very hopeful. It's hopeful every time I talk to every man about liberty to the captives. He came to set the captives free. Those who are in addiction, those who are in habitual sin, those who are in different circumstances, captive in all these things. I'm so thankful that Jesus has come to do that. Recovery of sights to the blind. That Jesus didn't come just to heal your spiritual eyes. But there's most, oftentimes we saw that Jesus was healing physical eyes as well. That there was power and healing in his name. That Jesus went around performing miracles, supernatural miracles. When I was 15 years old, I was hanging out with my brothers. And I love that my older brother Christian is here this morning. And so it's incredible. We had a crazy time as Chapman brothers. Because when you get three brothers Within three years of each other, it just, chaos begins to erupt. Boredom begins to end, and we did all sorts of things. Well, we had this idea when we were in Bandera, Texas. Bandera, Texas, we were on family vacation, and my parents went to the hill country and left us alone in this condo, rightfully so, because we're 15, 16 years old. We're mature adults. We're responsible. So we had this idea. Let's go and play captive. Let's go and play prisoner. And so we went around and we had two BB guns. There was two guards and there was a prisoner. And as a prisoner, the whole goal was to escape the guards, run up to the condo because that was safe place. And when you're there, we switch roles. So I went first and as I went and I ran and I'm not as fast as I think I am. 
If anybody's seen me run, it's, it's what a sight. That's a privilege. It's a privilege to see that. As I began to take off, you know, with my lanky arms running, I was getting shot up. They pinned me down in a ravine, and they were just nailing me. I couldn't move. I was, I was debilitated sitting there with stings and stings and stings, and I go, I give up. And they could tell in my eyes was rage. Anger like they haven't seen anger much. Well, maybe I, I was angry as a child, so maybe they saw that. And they're like, man, we're done. We quit. No, we are not quitting. We are not quitting until somebody else gets shot. <laughs> so I, I, I take the gun and like, you're the prisoner. You go. So Christian had this brilliant idea. He was wearing a jacket and he put the hood on and he began to run and we began to shoot. And as we were shooting, he was pinned down behind a haystack. And over there in the haystack, we're just, we're just nailing him. And I love it. I mean, we're starting to move. We're starting to flank him, man. And we're just boom, 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 boom. It was so awesome. And then all of a sudden I hear a, ah! This is like little faker. Boom, 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 boom. Shooting him more. And as he hurled screams, we went over there, and over his eye, blood was dripping down. And at that moment, reality set in, and a level of responsibility came about, as most circumstances bring. And we start praying for him. We send my brother to go get the ambulance, run up there. We're waiting for an ambulance. I'm just praying, praying. Jesus just touched him and just couldn't believe what I did, and I had him show me his eye, and it was full of blood, and I was like, this is not good. My brother is blind. And uh, came, put him in the hospital. Ends up, the pellet hit his eyelid, put enough pressure on his eyeball that blood started spewing out of it. And they said, there's no way you're going to have 20-20 vision if you'll ever see. And we just believed a different story. And we prayed and believed God would heal him. Man, as we prayed, we saw Jesus do a miracle. And over time, he has perfect vision in that eye. Isn't Jesus awesome? That's awesome. So I don't know the science of that. Doctor, you can tell me. But he had a bunch of bad news. But we were believing Jesus for good news because he came to see and set the captives free. He came to heal the blind, and we were standing on that. And not every story ends with a good story like that, but it will one day. It will one day. One day when we all see perfectly, one day when we all walk perfectly, one day it's going to be incredible. And I do think that God intervenes and does the miraculous in power today as well. Jesus is alive. He's alive. Liberty for the oppressed those who are oppressed of sin, and those who are demonically oppressed. Oppressed of sin, he gives good news to them. I'm going to bring freedom to you through me, Jesus. It will happen. But those oppressed by the devil, a third of Jesus' ministry was deliverance. And I believe that Jesus can set us supernaturally free. I've seen it over and over again where somebody was in addiction, somebody thought certain things, Somebody was doing certain things. They were prayed for. God showed up. God moved. They were delivered, and they walked out differently and started to live differently. Jesus does that. He's amazing, so amazing. 
declare it's the year of the Lord, God's time. Victory. Jesus saying, this is the year of the Lord. We are still in those days. And Jesus sitting there still reading that scroll and saying this is true. This is good news. But we know this, that there's a lot of doubters, right? We've all doubted. I've doubted. I've doubted Jesus. I've doubted this good news. I doubted Isaiah 61. And I doubted who he is. And I wasn't the only one. John the Baptist, who baptized Jesus, proclaiming, repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. He was going around baptizing people in preparation for Jesus. And as he was doing that and baptizing them in a baptism of repentance, as he was doing that, he was put in prison and in a dark dungeon. Because when circumstances happen and you're in a dark dungeon and finances fall apart and you lose jobs and bad news comes, sometimes doubts come about. John was like, is this really Jesus? In Matthew eleven two, 2, it says, Now when John heard in prison about the deeds of the Christ, he sent word by his disciples and said to them, Are you the one who is to come? Or shall we look for another? Jesus, I got questions. Are you the anointed one? Are you the Messiah? Are you the promised one? You come into church today and you have questions. Is this real? Is this authentic? Is Jesus actually who he says he is? Does he really want a relationship with me? Does he really want to personally talk to me? Does he really want to give me victory? Is this the one or should I search something else? Should I search for someone else? Should I search for a different religion, a different spirituality, different answers? Questions are okay. John, this great man of God, had questions. You and I have questions. Is this true? Is this real? And Jesus responded with this in Matthew 11, 4 through 6. And Jesus answered them, go and tell John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight and the lame walk. Lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear, and the dead are raised up, and the poor have good news preached to them, and blessed is the one who is not offended by me. Look at the fruit, John, of my ministry. Look at the fruit, and you can test to see that I am who I say I am. Look at the fruit. And I guarantee you, when there's questions for Jesus and questions for your religion and questions whether or not this is real, I want to tell you, he'll answer. Jesus will always answer. He will always answer. He will not return void. His love is not voidless. It's not empty. He will answer. He's going to show you his love in new ways. I'm telling you, and I'm a product of that. I'm a product of it when I'm praying for my 16-year-old brother who got shot in the eye. I'm a product of it when I'm praying for my mother who popped her knee and it was healed miraculously. Um, you're a product of it. J. Tom's a product of it when he had a back disease. For 10 years, his back was broke. For 10 years, gets a random Facebook message. 
Gets a random Facebook message from a friend he's never saw. She said, I had a dream about you, that your back was hurt and that it was broke, but the church laid hands on you and you were miraculously healed. He went to the church and it says in James, if anybody are sick among you, take them to the church and they will be healed. Take them to the elders. He goes to the elders. He goes to the church. He says, this is the moment. This is a moment I believe that Jesus is going to heal me. We lay hands on him. Completely healed. No more pain. Completely gone. Pain every day. Pain gone. It's incredible. It's incredible. And the great, as great as those stories are, as great as these things are, the greatest miracle that you'll ever see is the miracle of salvation. And it's really why I'm up here, and it's really why we moved to San Antonio. That the lost would be found. They would hear good news, and that lives would never be the same again. And I've seen a lot of miracles. I've seen people give their life to Jesus and transformed as Jesus loves on them and illuminates himself to them by his Holy Spirit, and they're saved and never the same. Today, we get to celebrate that. Today, we get to celebrate that because those who are in Christ are a new creation. Those who are in Christ are adopted into a family. Those who are in Christ have a new identity. It's why we sing these songs that we sing. It's why we say, I am a child of God. For you today, if you've been walking as a child of God and been walking in the love of Jesus, you may been made new and out of obedience. You've been water baptized, not because it saves you, but because it says, I'm never the same. I'm a child of God. And I'm doing this so that the world would know. And because I love Jesus, and that's what he said, so that's what I'm going to do. And for those this morning, maybe you've had questions. Maybe you came in here with questions. Jesus, are you the one? Are you the one? And if you are the one, I have a lot of bad news in my life. Can you wash that clean? And can you bring good news, this news of what you do and who you say you are to me? The team would come up, the worship team would come up and help me close this morning. If everybody would stand this morning with me, we're going to, I think it's only appropriate to close with a worship song of declaring who we are in Jesus. And as we stand this morning, as the team gets up, I want to, I want to keep you in a posture, a posture. We've been talking about that this year, an attitude, a posture in front of Jesus and who he is, an attitude and a heart of saying, I'm vulnerable in front of you, Jesus. Do what you want in me and through me. And as we maintain an attitude of posture, there are people in this room who said, Jesus, I've decided I'm following you. We have baptisms this morning. I'm going to dismiss you in here in just a moment, and I'm going to have time to meet Ali outside where you can change, have a moment to change, and we're going to baptize you and praise you and celebrate with you this morning. But for those who, this is good news. Jesus is who he says he is. And that resonated in your heart. 
I want to give you an opportunity to respond to what Jesus is already doing. So with your eyes closed and your head bowed, I want to ask you a question. It doesn't have to be as complicated as we think it is. In Acts chapter 8, there a eunuch was reading, and he was reading the book of Isaiah. And as he was reading, he was wondering what these scriptures meant. And Philip came up to the eunuch and said, this is about Jesus, who's the Messiah, who's going to come and take away the sins of the world. And he did take away the sins of the world. And because he lives, I can live in him. Salvation is not what you do. It's not coming to church. It's not your works. It's not your effort so that you can't boast. Salvation is in Christ, in Christ alone. So in order to have good news in your life, in order to take a stand for Jesus and say, Jesus, I want you. All you do is say, I trust you. I trust you, Jesus, for my salvation. I trust you for my future. I trust that you are who you said you are. You did what you said you were going to do. And three days later, you defeated death. So Jesus, forgive me. And I'm putting trust in you. I'm going to lead you in a prayer this morning if that's you. If that's you. And if, church, if you would pray this with me. Dear Jesus, I'm crying out to you. I love you, Jesus. I recognize you, Jesus. You are who you said you were. Jesus, forgive me. I trust you with everything. Make me new. Make me clean. In Jesus' name. Man, if you prayed that prayer for the first time and God was illuminating his spirit to you and you responded with a simple prayer, man, we'd love to hear from you. And you too, when I dismiss anybody who's getting baptized, can go get baptized today. The eunuch heard the gospel. The gospel was presented. It made a change and he made a declaration that Jesus is God. And he goes, look, there's water. Philip, what prevents me from being baptized? And Philip said, nothing. So you can be baptized too today. If there's lightning, we're not going to baptize you. But we're going to pray for you and we're going to pray that rain stops. and We have an opportunity for that. I believe it will. I'm going to pray and the worship team is going to sing. If you're getting baptized this morning, go ahead and make your way out and meet Ali outside. Father, we love you. God, we thank you for all that you do and all that you are. And Jesus, you are so powerful in every way. And God, I thank you that for those who are in Christ, are a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. And so, Jesus, you say we are children. So, Father, let us engage you like a children would engage his dad this morning for every child that's different. 
Some it's arms opened up. Some it's sitting with your dad. For some it's just being on the swing set, sitting right next to him. Jesus, let us engage you like that. We love you, Lord. Let's worship God this morning. I'm no longer 